hey yo and here we go another episode of we talk music is on the air and in your ear once again i am martin and i have with me the king of the casters mr brett podcast and brett why don't you introduce the, the fine gentleman we have on for this fine day that's right well we have uh, he is the songwriter and the guitarist of the band desert dragon great great band who's got uh brand new album coming out with a brand new singer i'll let him explain greg patnote how are you good really good well we're happy to have you on the show to talk about to, to talk about the new album um of course you know we we won't call you pano like uh, like we would yeah. being canadians but uh <laughs> but we'll we'll stick with your american pronunciation <laughs> yeah well, as you can see my name is spelled morton but it's pronounced martin that's a danish pronunciation so, oh, okay, uh, cool. <laughs> so we're already we're already all over the map when it comes to names. That's right. I don't right. want to confuse people like any it. further. That's good. Uh, That's good. All right. So, anyways, you guys have the brand new album coming out. Um, we've heard "Lock and Load." It's it's an awesome song, and Keith St. John is an awesome singer. And so, you know, tell us about the new album. Yeah, basically, it was. Uh, kind of a long time coming I guess that was we've been doing it for like three or four years and with the whole thing of the whole COVID thing everyone was kind of doing everything from their house and what have you and and uh finally got this thing put together with all the um scheduling um stuff going on and uh we finally completed this thing and uh pretty pretty happy the way it's sounding yeah so I mean obviously you you do have the lineup change uh, so tell us about you know working with Keith. Well, Keith's a uh, uh, like you're saying, Keith's a great singer, and he's been in a lot of bands and he's got a lot of experience. And uh, um, uh, he's a friend of our uh, bass players, and so we're looking for a uh, 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 new new uh, new vocalist. And he says, "Well, you know, give this guy a try." And and uh, fu- the funny thing is, is um, I was uh, at the grocery store and I saw uh, this girl and she had a David Gilmore uh, concert shirt on. And um, so basically uh, I go, hey, did you go to the, did you go to the concert? It was at the Hollywood Bowl. And um, she goes, she goes, uh, I did. Um, and uh, my friend got a, uh, a signed um, on her last poll, uh, for the, uh, it was a, um, called the last, the last bookstore in downtown LA, kind of a boutique bookstore and David Gilmore's, uh, wife, Polly, uh, was, had her book out and they both were signing and talking to people if you bought the book or whatever. And so she brought a guitar. She didn't get her guitar signed, but, um, we started talking and she goes, Hey, my, uh, my boyfriend, is a singer and everything, and uh, you should meet him sometime. And uh, I go, okay, that'd be great. So I was over at one of the local clubs here, and we were watching, um, I believe it was Lynch Mob play. And uh, I saw her, and and her boyfriend was there. And uh, so I, I met him, and then um, didn't really think much about it. About two, three months later, um, Rick, our bass player, goes, uh, Hey, this is the guy I think you know we should check out. And uh so basically uh I called him and I go, Hey, I uh I met you about two or three months ago 
at um, as Canyon Club. It's a, a club here in Agoura Hills, California. Um, and uh, so I guess it was meant to be that uh, he was the singer. <laughs> how, how does that change the um, how does that change the sound of the this album from uh, from you know a new lineup change at, at such a key position? Well, I think uh, I think Keith compared to what we had before uh, was basically uh, has a little bit more of a uh, a blues tone to him. It's a little bit more uh, has a little bit more feeling and. Uh, um, the old singer was a little bit more metal, I guess. And, uh, and it's just, he's a little bit more, I don't know, grassroots, you know, blues sounding compared to the other ones. So I think it really sounded, you know, made it really sound good for, for this album. Um, you know, there's, uh, some of it's a little bit bluesy. I mean, there's a couple of them are a little hard edged, but, um, but it definitely did justice to this album. Well, it's, it's interesting because, I mean, so far from what we've heard, the limited sample size, it sounds like it, it's definitely more towards the blues side than it is the, say, progressive side that you may have hinted on on earlier albums. It, you know, was that kind of, when you're writing the songs, is that something that you were looking for? Um, I just, I just come up, you know, start writing stuff and just whatever kind of comes out, it could be you know, lighter, softer, heavier, more bluesy, more progressive. It's just, you never know what's going to come out. So, so it's not necessarily that you're writing the songs for the singer. You kind of expect the singer to kind of adjust to what's needed for the song. And, and that way it's good that you have such a good vocalist. Exactly. Now he's, he's like a chameleon. He can do a lot of different voices and stuff. So, uh, um, it's really, really helps with, uh, you know, the way the way I do my writing, at least. So then let's talk about your writing process. Like, how do you like how how long does it take you to write the songs? And then when do you present them to the rest of the members of the band and so on and so forth? Well, I just start laying some guitar down. I put down a usually like a, a click track and maybe possibly a, a drum loop and uh, something that sounds cool and then put that down and then uh and then after that i uh after i get everything put together then i'll have a drummer come in and and do uh, a temp track for uh some live drums on electronic drums um so it's still on the temp process and then um uh rick will come in on the bass and then um, I'll, I'll start putting some stuff down uh, for vocals and stuff, some thoughts and stuff I have. Um, usually time it gets to keep them, a lot of that's changes, but um, uh, just to get a vibe of, so he kind of knows what I'm thinking. And, um, and then after we get that, we, we fill in with some, uh, you know, fills and guitar solos and what have you. And, and, uh, and keyboards, uh, is you know in there somewhere as well yeah, it's definitely interesting how much uh, like how much keyboards you have in there and i think like what kind of like was that always the intention when you when you created the band was to kind of have that double guitar plus the keyboard yeah i the the way i look at it is like whatever 
um, comes out, you don't want to cut yourself short by like not having another guitar player or not having keyboards. Um, so uh, even though it makes the band a little bigger, um, it covers more territory that way and gives a broader range of sound for the uh, for the listener or the or the audience, you know. Um, and uh, so I, I think that's uh, a, a good a good way of doing it, you know. I mean, there's ways like switching up, like, you know, John Paul Jones would, you know, he would play bass, mandolin, he'd play keyboards. And uh, I mean, bands like that's really cool that you can have the flexibility. But um, we're basically, you know, two two guitar players, vocals, bass, drums, and keyboards. Yeah. So let's let's talk about the rest of the band then. I mean, you've talked about Keith. I mean, of course, I want to get into to like your start in a little bit. But how did you meet everybody else, and how did they kind of come to be part of Desert Dragon? Well, um, Rick, the the bass player, I met him from our old drummer, and uh, has become really kind of like right hand man for me. He's uh, he's so good. He also plays. Um, cello uh just played cello for la philharmonic and and lots of albums and um incredible cello player incredible bass player and uh um so through that that's rick and then uh uh key's friend brent barker is over in phoenix and uh i go well are there uh guitar player moved up to um uh moved out of moved uh moved away so we had to get someone else so um so and we we met and it he was really good and it was funny because a, a band that I was in a long time ago um that the drummer was like oh who's your guitar player I go Brent Barker and he goes oh I used to be in a band with him so it's you know <laughs> kind of a small world sometimes here in LA um and then uh uh uh, Lenny, our drummer, um, he's played with a lot of big people and uh, real serious drummer. He's 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 got the total great feeling for this kind of stuff for the blues. It's just uh, gives the song exactly what it needs, no more, no less. And uh, and then Mike, our our keyboard player, um, does a lot of creative stuff and has a lot of cool keyboards, old vintage stuff, and um, He's uh, uh, done stuff with a lot of a uh, lot of a lot of big name people, and um, yeah, that's 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 basically it. I mean, uh, all really talented guys. So then, what's your plan for the side of heaven beyond its release? Like, um, does everybody have time to go on a tour? Well, that's what we're kind of starting to trying to figure out, um, see where everyone sits on that. Everyone's, you know, got doing other stuff as well. And uh, so I, I hope, you know, it would be nice. Um, uh, we'll have to see on that one. So then, you know, when it comes down to being a live band, I mean, you and I know certainly you've done some shows before, like how difficult is it? to even have a band right now and then to try to be a, a live touring entity versus say the older days? Well, it's just, um, 
you know, it's uh, we're trying to just uh, get this thing together, but just with all the the schedules, it's it's really tough. But um, going to try to make it happen at least, so we can do at least a few shows um, with this. Hopefully, it catches on and um, we can get some good management and and uh, get some place some bigger place where we can actually make some money and 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 keep pushing this thing farther. So we'll see how that goes. It, uh, it has been six years, I guess, since the last album. Is it, do you think it's important to, from here on to kind of try and get albums out on a regular basis to build momentum? Yeah. I mean, the, this last one took, took a long time. And um, I mean, Keith's, you know, he's with some other, um, you know, seeing with kingdom come and, and doing a couple other little things around, and so he's got a pretty busy schedule. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I like to go see shows. I think people would enjoy it if they came and saw us play. But um, we'll have to see how it goes. I mean, since it took so long, I've um, been working on new stuff, and I've got um, got enough stuff for another album. I got some some little bit of work and stuff to do on those. But um, yeah, so uh, just working on some actually this morning. What one of the songs for for a, a, an actually a, a new album? So um, this this last one definitely took a long time. Do you anticipate that Keith will like still be singing on the next album? Uh, we'll see what he does. I mean, he's got a really busy schedule, and uh, see, kind of you know, see what see what happens. Um, you know the the public is fickle so i don't know if they're gonna like it or not i hope they do i think they will um it's uh it's uh we we really we really tried to polish this thing as as much as we could before we uh um we let it out we had win davis doing the mixing and he's mixed for guns and roses and foreigner and doc and and um sublime a lot a lot of Black Sabbath, a lot, a lot of big bands. Um, so, um, pretty happy the way it turned out. Well, I mean, certainly the the songs that we've heard, like the, like I say, the limited sample size that we've had has sounded really good. And there's no question that Keith's voice definitely brings that, you know, that different feel to it, and kind of, you know, helps helps punch it up even more. Oh yeah, definitely. So what are some of your own blues influences then, since that's, you know, so prevalent on the, on the new album? Um, I would say David Gilmore definitely, uh, definitely is, is there. Um, uh, like Alex Lyson is, is awesome. Um, Jeff Beck is, uh, I'm, uh, got to actually meet him a couple of times. That was pretty cool. Wow. Uh, actually just saw him a couple days ago playing a thousand oaks um with johnny depp of, of all things mm, yep uh, that was pretty interesting it was uh pretty entertaining I, it sounded really good but jeff beck that guy just keeps getting better i think you know every time i see him he just keeps getting better and um of course jimmy page um man just so many uh joe perry uh van halen Jesus uh, goes on. Tony Iommi. Um, those are some of the big ones, I guess. 
Uh, you, you listed a bunch of great ones, that's for sure. If you're going to be influenced, you might as well be by those guys. Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't get much better than that. Well, and I mean, I mean, it's just, it's just like uh, like in the in the press kit where you talk about naming the band, and it's like Desert from uh, from Judas Priest, and then and then Jimmy Pants's or Jimmy Page's Pants or the Dragon. So it's just... I know it's kind of a kind of a weird comparison there, but um, I always thought you know it's like 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 what do you want to start just wear jeans and stuff, but I guess if you really wanted to you know put all the frills or whatever you, you know you put something like you know wear something like that or something but i always thought there was a cool so i was looking at it, oh dragon that's cool and then i thought of some other names well you gotta have an adjective to describe the dragon right so i came across you know a few different things and some of them were already taken and and i go well, what do i do and then one day i was listening to desert plains and i go desert desert dragon which actually is a in this one uh desert is there's a little lizard and it's called a desert dragon so there actually is a a desert dragon oh that's um, awesome but um yeah it seemed to roll off the tongue you know pretty well and okay let's go with this well and desert plains is an amazing song oh my god it's a i have a uh, on the side a, a cover band when we go play out and we actually we play that song and we've got some uh, a bunch of thumbs up on that one. It's uh, yeah, such a great song because it's kind of so different for those guys, you know. Mm, yes, totally. You know that 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 vibe of that song, but uh, pretty pretty cool. So then, at what point did you kind of like? When did you start playing guitar, and what was that that aha moment for you with the guitar? Well, I was. Uh, my grandfather had, had got me a rented guitar and some guitar lessons in Yakima, Washington. That's where I grew up. And, uh, you know, just, I, I just, I really dug the whole thing. And then the, one of the teachers next, next to the room that, that I was in, I heard the door open and he played, I was like seven or eight years old, but he played um, Wipeout. Oh, wow. And I go, I go, that sounds cool. I want to learn that, you know? So it just, you know, I think that started the ball rolling. And, uh, you know, my first, first album that I ever bought was Physical Graffiti, Led Zeppelin. You can't do much better than that. You can't do much better <laughs> than that. No, that's absolutely it. So, um, but uh, yeah, so it's... Uh, it's been, been quite a journey. Back so when then, albums were albums. Huh? Yes, yeah, that's right. When when you can buy them on vinyl and they were pretty and right, you could open it up and see all the liner notes and and everything and uh, yeah, yeah. They used to be works of art. I think that's one of the things in this digital age we've lost. I mean, the work of art is an album. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 really cool. And the weird thing about that is the Fizz Graffiti um, being the first album that I bought um, when we did our EP years back. Uh, our EP um, was produced by Ron Nevison, and I won a contest. And so um, uh, he called. I wasn't here. I was actually in Morocco, 
But uh, my wife picked picked up the phone and said, oh, oh yeah, you know, let me get a hold of them and call you and everything. And then she called me like all excited and everything. And uh, so he put, you know, some special touches on the EP and uh, he was really cool to work with. He had some like, like amazing stories. I mean, um, it was crazy. The Ron told me one time they were doing, I guess it was ultimate sin for Ozzy. And uh, I guess he asked Sharon, uh, where where does Ozzy absolutely hate to go? And uh, she and Sharon goes, uh, that would be Paris, France. And he goes, <laughs> okay, great. That that's where we're going to record. So they were recording. And then after one of the recording sessions, they went down to the local bar, pub, or whatever, and they're having a drink. And one of the girls next to him, um, she was kind of snockered, and uh, she fell on she fell on the floor. And so um, Ozzy told Ron, like, hey, I'm going to go help her up. I go, okay, go help her up. Go help her up, Ozzy. And so uh, she, he goes down, grabs her hand, and is trying to pull her up. And, and Ozzy goes, I can't pull her up. I can't pull her up. And Ron goes, that's because you're standing on her hair. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, he had all these stories and everything. So that was like, you know. That was half the fun there, just hearing hearing some of the stories from you know different bands that you'd never hear, you know, probably anywhere else, you know. Oh, absolutely. So then at what point in your career did you decide, did you or like in your life, did you decide I'm gonna start a band? That would probably be when I was in um moved from Yakima to Seattle and uh just got together a couple like just cover band stuff and was always kind of messing around with some original stuff and then I go well I'm gonna I'm gonna knock this up a couple here I'm gonna uh move to LA and see what I can do because for one at that point till I you know got my feet set a little bit um I was a painter painting uh painting houses or whatever so I got to LA was a house painter and then um on the side you know, I just kept, uh, you know, I, I had different um, uh, schools and uh, teachers and stuff and and just learn a little bit of different things from different people and started to come up with my own stuff. And then uh, I put all the songs together and then I found people to go out there and play it. And it seemed to go off pretty well. And so I just kept building from there. So then is that kind of something that you've always wanted just to be is the band leader? Does it kind of, um, would you, do you join other bands if they ask, or is it mostly you focus on kind of writing the songs for yourself? No, I, I have been with other bands before, but I think that um, to get something that goes somewhere, you definitely have to have someone leading the pack and, and a focus to the whole thing. Um, because there's just too many people going too many different directions and uh and I always like to hear from the guys like hey you know I think we should do this chorus here I think we should do a double chorus or whatever and they go okay well let's check it out so it's just really not all about me but you know the other guys and their ideas and stuff and uh you know and then trying to if we have stuff going at the same time whatever compromise and you know or add both, you know, uh, depending upon what it is. 
And uh, I think that way you get the best, you know, it's like mo most of the solos and stuff on, on the album would be great if I, I would like to do it. But our other guitar player, Brent, he's the guy's an awesome guitar player. He does probably most of the solos because it's the best thing for the band. So it's, you know, if we get this thing live, um, everyone will have their own little thing to do. And, and uh, I think it'll be a pretty strong, uh, pretty strong outfit on stage. What's the difference that, you know, between working with Desert Dragon and working with some of the other bands that you've been in? Um, well, this version of Desert Dragon um, is uh, obviously for me the best one yet. Um, it's uh, it's just, um, try, you know, it's like uh, there's uh, everyone's so good. And just I'm learning so much from different people, and and uh, it just uh, it's just man, I just I gotta always tell myself, you know, where these other people have been. I mean, they're they're really really good musicians, and uh, it's uh, man, it's just I when we started doing this album, it was basically me and Mike, the keyboard player, and. Uh, we had a couple, three of them. They're like, okay, but yeah, let's start from scratch again. This just, this isn't flying. This isn't strong enough. Um, just keep going until you feel something that has some really good hooks to it that can, you know, that like, if I was to hear it, would I, would I like it? Would I listen to the whole thing? Um, you know, and if the answer is no, then you got to start over. So keep going until you, and then some of them never make it to the end, but um, you got to, uh, you got to make sure that it's, uh, it's solid and really good before you, you know, put, put everything down, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So then if there was a lesson, like what would older Greg tell younger Craig when he was starting out about like something that would really make a big difference for your career? Uh, probably, I don't know. It was, um, I don't really regret anything that I did before, but um, just maybe uh, get, get, get out and uh, maybe uh, record more or, um, not really sure. I've just, uh, you know, what about that one? I just, I don't think I would change anything really. Well, well, oh, you're, you're a better person than me then. I changed <laughs> so much about myself. Oh, are you kidding? I've, I've had a lot of, I've had a lot of crazy times. So, um, and, uh, I think that's a whole building thing. You know, you, 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 you build as a person from that. So, um, some good, some bad, but in the end, it's uh, it's it's good. Well, and, and you have worked with and, and known, I mean, so many cool people over the years. What you know, what have you taken from from the people you've known? Basically, that practice makes perfect. I mean, the more you practice, the more you hone in, and the more you build your your ear and um your ear your your ear training skills and um 
you know, you think about stuff in your head, melodies and stuff, and uh, uh, see see what other people are doing, um, you know, with their plan. And, you know, hey, can I build from that? Can I can I do a little of that, incorporate a little bit of that in my sound or or, or what have you? And um, uh, so, for instance, like my cover band, um, we do our version of the pump by Jeff Beck. It's on there and back. And um, because I've never seen any other bands do that. And uh, so I thought it would be cool. Hey, let's, let's, let's do a Jeff Beck. And we've done a couple other Jeff Beck songs, but um, you know, so it gives the, the audience like, Hey, um, which has happened to me before. Um, I've never heard anyone do that. We did that uh, uh, Sarah smile one time from um um uh oh I can't think of the 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 band name Hollow Notes and um so I thought okay well let's do this it's a cool song and it might be like maybe one of someone's favorite songs so a little more eclectic but um but so we had this gig in in Woodland Hills and the guy comes up to me like hey I've never heard any other band do that song you guys did it great and that totally made my night so for me, that made my night, thinking that it might, you know, someone might hear it and uh, really dig it because they've never heard a band do it before, you know? Yeah, yes. that's, that's really cool. Yeah, we don't think about uh, cover bands doing, like, you know, so often I think it's it's usually just covering the hits, but but sometimes covering the deeper the deeper tracks is, you know, even more meaningful. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, some of some of that that stuff is, I think, you know, better than some of the hits sometimes. You know. Oh no, question about it. So then, what kind of thing does it like? What does the cover band fulfill in you versus what does Desert Dragon fulfill in you? Well, you know, we 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 do um, we do some shows with the the cover band, and just to keep your chops up live. Um, it kind of helps me out and, and I enjoy doing it too. So, and, uh, um, Rick, our bass player, he, uh, he plays in it as well. And it's called rock tribe. Um, if anyone's so interested or whatever, but, um, and, uh, you know, sometimes we have some different people come up and play. It's kind of one reason we call it rock tribe just for once again, you know, for, for the audience, because, uh, you know, I think a lot of people, um, you know, to get people's attention, keep people's attention is much harder than it used to be. So all the more stuff you can do live um, to keep people's interests, you know, is obviously good, you know. Yeah, once again, I mean, like you talked about practice, I mean, practicing the guitar is one thing, practicing being live on stage, certainly another thing. Oh, yeah. Yep. And uh it can it can make you humble sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so then, what like tell tell me about like the best show versus the worst show? Well, um, let me think here. Uh, the worst show. Um, well, I think one of the worst shows we had was we played down in Venice beach and it was a, a Venice beach. It was a music festival. And uh, 
what the uh, the band that was on before us went really long, and the the promoter didn't nip it off, you know, when when, the, when it's supposed to. So when we got up there, we only did like three or four songs. That was kind of that was kind of that kind of sucked. And then there was a band actually on after us that had um, came in from Phoenix. Those guys didn't even get to play at all. Oh no. They did the trip um for, for nothing, you know. They were they were really mad. So um I guess that would have been I guess that would have been one. And uh the best shows, um I think when we were uh, sometimes we'd play over to place I just mentioned earlier Canyon Club in Agura Hills here and and uh we were able to uh be a support act for um Blush Occult. And uh, I'm a big Bush Colt fan. And um, that was pretty cool. They're like a sold out crowd. So people people seem to dig it. So I go, okay, I'm doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> so does it matter the size of the audience or is it just kind of the, the vibe you get from the audience? No, nah, bigger is better, you know? It's uh oh don't tell that to the ladies. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So and uh yeah, it's just uh um you know small clubs can be really cool too. Um but um obviously larger the crowd I I, I think that's better myself but um it also may, means you're going to make, make more money too so. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that is pretty important when it comes yeah. down to to the oh, yeah. bottom line. Oh yeah. What's it like though when that that feeling that you know you've got a, an audience like in the palm of your hand, you know, and you you're really getting the reaction. What's that like? Oh, it's I've never it's, experienced it. It's it, it, it's 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 awesome. And uh like that night when I left stage I go, yeah, okay. This is what it's about. This is what it's all about. And uh it's not it's uh nothing quite like it really. Do you do anything to warm up before a show to get ready? Or do you have any uh, superstitions or anything like that? Um, not really. Just, you know, do some exercises and everything. Um, but uh, I'm not very superstitious. So, uh, but uh, yeah, just like doing just the warm-ups and stuff. And, and uh, you know, make sure all the guitars are in tune. And um that's one thing I've, I've kind of over the time is just, you know, hear, hearing things that aren't quite in tune. So you get more, you know, like, okay, there's something wrong or that, you know, that bass or that guitar or whatever, that's not fully in tune, you know? And so, uh, you know, just make sure that all the guitars are in tune, warm up a little bit and, and then, uh, then do it. So then how many guitars do you bring live with you and how many guitars do you own? Well, I have a, um, I, my main guitar right now is a Les Paul uh, Custom Black Beauty. And I have also my old trusty, it's a uh, US made Jackson that I have a, uh, a Kaler put on it. Used to be uh, um, Steve Lynch years ago, the guy in autograph used to be his guitar. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. And then I have I have a uh, I have a double neck 
Um, he has 1275 like uh, like slashes um, that were Jimmy Page, the, the double neck. And uh, a couple other like no-name guitars. And I have some uh, 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 Gibson Songwriter Deluxe. I have a 12-string Martin. A uh, couple other like little scrap guitars, but not so much. And then I have a, I have a Weber mandolin um, as well. And uh, it's uh, that's 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 about it. Not a not a huge uh, huge collection, but I just usually take my Les Paul and I'll take a uh, take my uh, my Jackson um, as a backup. So what is it? What is it that gives them the different sounds? These these two guitars. Well, you know, the one reason that I really like the Les Paul, even though, you know, it gives obviously Les Paul, you know, thousands of artists use it, but um, it just sounds good with the system, the way I have it set up. Um, the Jackson sounds a little bit thinner, but it, it plays really well. I've gone all the way through it. It's got a, um, a Jeff Beck, Seymour Duncan um, pickup on it, just a one humbucker pickup. Um, but the, the Les Paul just sounds really, uh, really good with the system. And that's what I record with mostly. And uh, you got to get that, got to get that great guitar tone. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, and that's one of the things. I mean, like, even as a fan, if there's one sound, when you hear a great guitar tone, you know a great guitar tone. Right, Exactly. I mean, uh, yeah, I wanted to, uh, when I met David Gilmore that one time, I wanted, I didn't really have enough time because other people were waiting to talk to him and everything, but um, I wanted to kind of pick his brain on his his uh, his guitar tone and what he has, but I'm sure that would have taken a long time because it's such a polished sound, you know? Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, when you, when you, when, when you hear David Gilmore, it's so, you can tell it's David Gilmore. Without even knowing it's him, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just so spot on and clean. Yes, yes. I mean, absolutely love listening to David Gilmore. Yeah, yeah, and uh, what a great guy! He was a super, super good guy. I gave him our last album. I gave him a copy and just said it was a you know it it uh, was a um, had a lot. Of, he he gave me a lot of inspiration. So. Uh, you know, hats off to him. So then, you know, when it comes down to Desert Dragon, the future, like, how often do you get together with everybody? And, and you know, like, do you hope to get together more with them? Yeah, I and uh, um, we're trying to get everyone together so we can get some, like, a live uh, sort of thing for a video put together. Um, we got a couple of videos we're working on right now. Um, but we want to uh, get one that has, you know, the band playing and everything. So just trying to schedule everyone nowadays, you know, with everything nowadays, you know, kind of, you know, pretty chaotic. So um, it's really hard to schedule people. Are they kind of high concept or videos or are they just, are you, are you trying to capture the band in concert or what's the idea behind them? Yeah, well, basically, um, we're going to uh, we're going to have it basically out in the desert, and and be playing out in the desert. That's my my thought. That's what I'm trying to put together, 
and uh, um, for uh, for you know one of the songs um, that we're we're trying to put out there, like um, Swamp Thing, is another one that um, we're going to use it. We're going to do a video on, and um, hopefully, uh, I think that's another good one that'll hit the radio really well too. Um, it's a really great catchy song um and i think it's pretty radio friendly um and we're definitely going to have a video on that um yeah just uh, just just about you know just that it's uh one of the things i really like about this side of heaven is actually the cover uh, yep. it looks really really cool you know where was that shot would you did you have anything to do with it or did you yeah so so I go, okay, we're going to have a cover. So, um, so I had a, a, a friend of mine help me do some, some sketches. He does, um, he's like a senior animator over for the, the studios. And, and I told him my idea that I had, and I, I kind of got the idea, if you would, um, from, I don't know if you remember it, that picture, I think it was like one of those black felt you know, the black light posters. Oh, yeah. yeah. Remember those? So, so, so it had all the dogs around like a, a poker table. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So I go, well, you know what? How about we do one of that and let's put different things in the, the, in the picture that would be reminiscent of the different songs? For instance, like it's in a casino. You know, so that one's for like bad luck. Okay, so um, the the guy that's dealing the the hands, um, that's like our our version of the swamp thing, and the the desert dragon. He's sitting in the chair there, and then um, the uh, uh, the one girl there was kind of a um, a sketch of something of the uh, of Meryl Monroe which is um, God Bless Miss America. And then sitting up on one of the uh, the machines, the uh, uh, the slot machines um, is a vulture. So that's Vulture City. And um, so I think that's most of them, but we try to get a little bit of each song, you know, into the, into the picture and that's what it, kind of a collage. So that's kind of what it came to be. <laughs> that's fun. That's great. Well, I can tell you, Greg, I, I know that we both look forward to hearing the entire album when it comes out on the 11th. It, is that correct? November 11th? Yeah. Yeah. November 11th. Perfect. Well, we've had an awesome time talking to you and we do want to give you the chance to tell everybody how they can keep up with you and how they can keep up with Desert Dragon and where they can find the album. Yeah. Just go to desertdragonofficial.com and you can see all the links and everything to the different, uh, uh, Instagram, Facebook, what have you. And, um, you know, you can buy it on, uh, uh, iTunes. You'll be able to buy it on iTunes, Amazon, Google, um, all the normal stores. Um, and, uh, you know, that it'll be, uh, hopefully, hopefully we get some, uh, some good sales, which will push us to, to do more, uh, get, get some, get uh, some live uh, touring going on. 
Well, that would be great because, because I mean, like I say, if anything, from what we've heard, it sounds really good and I think it would be even better live. So thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, I know we certainly look forward to listening and, and all the best in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, um, hats off to all Canadians. I love Canada. <laughs> Canada. I mean, uh, um, I went on a Alaskan cruise um, a few months ago. And it went up and it's and it and it and it went through uh uh Victoria and uh man is such a beautiful country. I mean you guys are uh I hope you guys don't take that for granted. It's so beautiful up there. Um I love Canada. Well, thank you very much. We're uh we're proud Canadians, we'll admit it. Oh yeah, good for a good reason. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, hey, thanks you guys. Thank well, you. thank you, and uh, and we'll talk to you again. Okay, have a great one. All right, you too. Bye now. Bye.